Do you care? Do you care? Can I just switch things up today? Is it okay? Because I feel like I should just kind of press into this thing a little bit. You can let me just press into this a little bit. There, there is, there is some scripture, and and, and I know this is different, and 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 uh, you can you can t- you can say this guy he's he's out of control. <laughs> he's out of control today. I don't know what got into him. But I want I want God to have His way, and I want Him to speak to us. I was I was reading this text uh, that we're looking at today, and we're just we're going to look at the life of Peter, and 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 the the title the Lord gave me today is the call to go deeper, the call to go deeper, and and you'll you can see how that plays out in this scripture. Let me just read to you. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And, and today, you don't even have to get up today. You just sit right there because I just want to press right on in onto this. And verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That is also the same name as the Sea of Galilee. And it says in verse 2, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. That's not going to be a coincidence, by the way. And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. That's a, that's a the big catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night. We have taken nothing. Nevertheless, there's a reluctance there. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they brought all their ships to land, brought all their their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading. God, that you would stir us. God, that you would speak. Holy Spirit, that you would reach out and accomplish the target, the goal that you want to accomplish. God, that Lord, we would learn that God, you're calling us into the deep. But God, there is things that it's going to cost. There's some things, Lord, that we're going to have to go through. But God, when we get there, we're going to be able, as Peter, Lord, be able to see that it's well worth, Lord, anything it took to trust you out into the deep. And God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're trying to do. Stir hearts. Start in this preacher. Start in this life right here, God, because I need you more than ever before. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The call to go deeper. The call to go deeper. Now, listen, the thing, the thing you've got to know about this 
And, and if you don't watch, you'll read it and you'll think, well, that was just a different take on the circumstances. If you'll look, there, there is, this is not the first time Jesus has called Peter. In fact, if you look over in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22, he's already called him and Peter is following him. But there is, it says in Matthew 4, 18, it says, And Jesus walking by the same thing, by the Sea of Galilee, that's this, this lake of Gennesaret, saw two brethren, Simon uh, called Peter, but this time his brother Andrew, his brother, casting a net up into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. So they had already knew that God had a call on their life. The Lord had already said, Come and follow me. And they had already felt like, I want to do it. There's, there's something about this man. I want to have a closer relationship. I want to do what you say, Lord. I want what you've got for me. But we see that, and it doesn't tell the difference between the time that this happened and the time that this other scripture we just read today. But we know that it's early in Jesus' ministry and He'd already called them. In fact, the next verses follows that as He actually went out and, and these other two, James and John, He called them too and they followed Him. But we see that there has not been the complete commitment that's going to happen in these verses. We see that they're following Him and they're listening to Him, but every day they're going back to the same lifestyle they had before. We see that they're still trying to do the things. They're trying to hang on to what God's called them to do, and they're trying to hang on to the things of yesterday at the same time. And there's a struggle going on inside of them. When you try to get, you get called into deep things with God, there's going to be a struggle that goes on in you. Because you've got things that you know and you trust and that's the way I've always done it and that's where my security lies. But the Lord's calling us to something deeper. The Lord's calling us to a deeper walk with Him and when He does, there's going to be some things that we have to go through. There's going to be some things that we struggle with. We're going to see first there's, there's some risk involved. We're going to look at the risk. We're going to look at the requirements. And we're going to look at the rewards of going deeper in the things of God. First, we're going to look at these risks. What, what are you talking about risk? We don't want to risk uh, uh, losing the plans that we've made. We don't, we want to, we've got our life laid out, Lord. Well, we've made plans and we're doing it our way. In fact, if you look at the Scripture right here, if you go just a few verses before that, Peter's been seeing Jesus move. And, he, and in fact, well, I'll come to that. He just had healed his mother-in-law, but we see that Jesus came down to the shore to preach. Peter wasn't following Jesus. Jesus come down to where Peter was. He came down to cast the net out for Peter while Peter was casting a net out for the fish. And Peter wasn't successful. You see, I think that what's going on is I think that the enemy is trying to convince Peter. He sees the hand of God upon Peter's life and these other men. And he's trying to convince them, you can't trust, you can't give up all this. This is your life. This is your career. This is what you know. This is all you know. This is your security. The only thing you know is how to fish. The only way you supply from your family is by fishing. And you've got a call to follow this man that you've never met before. And yes, your heart's burning, but you don't have a clue how it's going to turn out. And he's struggling with that decision of, do I give him my all? Or do I try to just hang on half-hearted? Right. That's the very reason. The Lord, Lord knows where you're at. 
The Lord knows the struggle that's going. There's times God's called me, and I've and when I was young, I was thinking about it, praying this weekend. I remember when I was about 10 years of age, and when God put his finger on me, I remember exactly where I was standing. It was in the weirdest place. I was in the Christian school. I was walking on a Sunday night into the hallway looking for somebody. Nobody was there. And as I walked down that hallway, right in front of where the school office was, I felt as distinct as I could be. The Lord said, I got a call on your life. And you know what I said? No, not me. I'm scared to death. I can't do it. And as a kid, I remember running. I mean, from the inside, I ran like, no. I know what that cost. I've watched it at home. I know I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I have no clue. Surely that wasn't real. There's times when God will put a finger on you. And even right now, we're being called into a deeper walk with Him into prayer. And God puts a finger and you feel drawn because, well, I really want to get in closer, but it's going to cost me something. I really don't have the time to give to that. I just, I'm barely making it to church in the first place. I don't have time. But the Lord says, if you'll give me a chance, if you'll just come a little closer, if you'll let me take you out a little deeper... Let me tell you what I'll do. I'll bless your life. I'll do things in your life if you'll just live. We, we don't want to risk losing our plans. We don't want to lo- risk losing control. We want to control our life. It's our life. We know what's best for us, don't we? No, nobody else knows what's best for me but me. I know what I like. I know what I want to do. I know how I want to turn this thing out. I'm, I'm working on some things. But the Lord says... Your plans are not my plans sometimes. He says, you're going down this road and I'm trying to take you this way. And if you keep going down this road, you're going to miss out on what I've got for you. Sometimes we make those decisions. And I wish I could say, I've always said, Lord, your way or the highway. But I've always, many times I said, Lord, no, let me do my way. Only to find out later that there is a cost when we want to do it our way. God comes at the God comes at such opportune times. And sometimes we're heading for destruction. Sometimes we're heading for a mistake. Sometimes we're heading for a shipwreck in our life. And the Lord comes to us and says, let me take you this way. And He has mercy. And sometimes we say, no, God. That's not my plan. Lord, that's not my plan. We don't want to lose control. And God says, if you only trust me enough, you'd realize I have what you're looking for. You're not going to find it. You know what else? There's a risk also, not only of losing our plans or losing our control, but we can lose our security. Because these are the things we feel comfortable in. See, everybody has their own comfort zone. Everybody has things they run to when everything gets kind of out of whack and you feel nervous and you feel like you're out of control. In fact, when, when Peter uh, rejected the Lord and he, and he denied Him and the Lord had uh, been crucified, where do you find Peter running back to? He goes out and fishes. <laughs> he kind of goes back to the old things that he had done. This was default for him. This is his security. He knew this inside and out. This was his life. This was a security. In fact, if you look at that era that they lived in, these fishermen was able to work all year long. They actually made a little more money than the rest of the people. They did pretty good because a lot of the other industry at that time was seasonal. And so they had to make all their, in the farming period or, or when they was into whatever craft they were in, there was periods when they could actually do that. But the fishermen was able to do stuff all year long. And so they actually had a little more wealth sometimes than the average person. And that was where his security came from. 
But the enemy was trying to keep him from the things of God. But you know what? I think the very fact that he didn't catch a thing was God saying, let me tell you something, you can go your way. You can try to get away from what I've put on your life. And you think this is the only way to go because you've got to. This is how you're going to take care of your family. But I'm going to tell you something. You'll never do it if you keep running from me. I've got a call on your life. And I'm getting ready to show you. I'm getting ready to show you that you, when you trust me, I can do more than you can imagine for your own self. So Peter was trying to default back to that. You know what? There's not only risk in going deeper. We all feel it when God calls us. Oh, I don't want to. Ooh, I don't know if I want to give up all that stuff. I don't know if I want to invest in doing that because it's going to take my time. It's going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to. It's going to change the way I live my daily life. But the Lord says it's worth it. But you know what? Not only is there risk, there's requirements that we see that really go into the things of God to go deeper. We see that it requires trust. That verse in. Um, Verse 4 says, now when he left speaking, Jesus was speaking. Now, now let me back up just for a second. Uh, uh, and let me read that, and then that way we can put this title slide back. And they immediately left the ship, and they're, okay, think, all right, there we go. Verse 4 says, now when they left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. So the Lord tells him, you need to go deeper. You need to, listen, you, you feel like you're putting your time in because you, you pushed out from the bank. See, Peter, you've you got to understand what's just happened here. Peter, it's, Peter's tired. Peter's tired because he's trying to straddle what God's called him to do and what, he's really, and what his old life was. He's trying to hang on to both and he's exhausted because he's trying to follow the Lord and then he's trying to fish at night and he's trying to do it all. And the Lord says, no, that's not what I want. Now, I'm not saying this isn't a message that says when God calls you, you've got to give your job. It may be that, but more likely when God calls you into deeper things, you may have to let go of something. Amen. There's things in your life He may say, what you're hanging on to is costing you the best that I have for you. I don't know what that is. I'm not sitting here going down the line telling you what those things are, but God will put it in your heart. You'll know what it is. He'll tell you. You've got to let go of some things. But we see that Peter has been fishing all night. It, it, this was the best time to fish because, and some of you all that are uh, much better fishermen than me because I'm not, I, I've, I've not fished in years. I like fishing. I just haven't done it in a long time. But when I, when I have gone fishing, I know you can get, you seem to be able to get a uh, uh, better success at night. Now, I like night because I hate getting too hot. So that night time is just great for me. That sun is not my friend, okay? If you've got hacker skin, Sun is not your friend, okay? It is not your friend. So at least for at least my skin type, it's not. So I enjoy the uh, more fishing at night. But so he was fishing all night. He knew he was a professional. He knew exactly where to go. He knew where he had found success a hundred times before. He knew how deep to throw the net. And they had nets that on one end of them had lead weights on them. And this, this ship that they was in is about 20 or 30 feet long. And, and they would go out to the right spot and they would throw those nets. And the net would sink down. And one end would come down and it would trap stuff. And they would pull it in. And they would try to... But all night long he got nothing. And even though he caught nothing, there was residue. There was things that gets in that net. And so you've got to clean that net. And so here it is the next morning. 
when most people are just getting up, they're trying to go to bed and they're exhausted. But before they do, they've got to stretch out the net and they've got to get all the little barnacles and they've got to get all the little seaweed and they've got to get all the things out of the net and wash it and let it dry and stretch it out and let it dry so it'll be ready for the next day. If they don't, it rots. It decays. So right when they're in this method and they're exhausted, here the Lord comes. Well, what's a coincidence? Here comes the Lord. What's a coincidence of that? There's the Lord. He's come. He's standing right on the bank right next to us. What a coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. The Lord knew he, the target. He was, the net he was throwing was these men. The, he's preaching to the crowd, but his target is these men. And they're going to hear everything he says. In fact, he, gets, he steps out into, he, he's pressed. The people are so longing to hear the word of God. He's standing on the bank and he's pushed right up to the edge of the water and they're thronging him. Why? You've got people in this crowd that is so hungry for what he's saying. That they're, they're thronging each other, pushing. I, let me get a little closer. I'm afraid I'll miss one thing he's saying. And they're trying to get closer and closer. And finally, Jesus sees the boats and he steps and it just happens to be Simon Peter's. Just happens to be his boat. And he steps out and he says, Peter, is this your boat? Yes, it's my boat. Would you care to come and take me out a little bit from the land? And so Peter is sitting there, the only person in the boat probably with him, and he's having to hear everything he's got to say. Sometimes you come in the house of the Lord and you think, my goodness, you know, I've been there before and it seems like someone's reading my mail. The Lord knows how to get the message to us right when we need to hear it. The question is, is what will it do in our lives? So when the Lord's done preaching this message and people has received the Word of God, He's ready to do something that no one else is going to experience but this man in this boat. Because that's the purpose that He's here. Not only to feed them the Word of God, but He's got a mission right here with this guy. He's already called him and He's already accepted to walk away. But here we see that He says to him in verse 4 when He left speaking, it means when He finished speaking to these people, it says, he turned to Simon and Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. We see that there is some requirements. And one of the requirements is that we've got to trust him. That he knows better than we do. Because if you look at the situation, Peter no doubt is looking at him and saying, Lord, no offense, but I know that you... We're a carpenter's son. That's what I've heard. You're a carpenter's son. And I know I would never second guess anything to do with carpentry because I don't know it, but you do. But Lord, if there's one thing I know, it's how to fish. I do it all the time. And if the Lord can answer that back, he'd say, well, how did you do last night? How did you do last night? How did that success do you last night? Because if I'm not in it, you're going to fail. I know of a person that was a man of God who left the things of God because he desired to be powerful in business. He wanted to make money instead of preaching in the pulpit. And he had incredible... I'm telling you, when he talked to you about him, you knew he, he talked about it a lot. You could tell his heart was going the wrong way for a long time. And when he talked about things in business, he had the wisdom. He seemed pretty smart, and he was. But do you know what happened when he got out of the pulpit and he pursued the things of business? He ended up in disaster. Why? That's not what God called him to do. He, people took advantage of him. People robbed him. Everything fell apart. Everything he touched, it just disintegrated. Anybody else, it would have been a total success. Why? He's running from the things of God. 
When Jonah ran from what God had put on his life, what happened? He ended up in chaos, being thrown off a boat, riding three days in the belly of a giant fish, only to be vomited and bleached wide up on a beach to the very thing that God had called him to do. Why? God's saying you can never be happy. You can never find success unless you surrender to what I want you to do in my life. You can go your way, but you will never find what you're looking for because I'm what you're looking for. We see that there's requirement, and it requires for us to trust His wisdom is better than ours. He's sitting there thinking, Lord, we've we just washed our nets. It took us hours. Do you not know this is the wrong time of day? It's hot outside. You know what happens with fish? When it gets hot, they go deeper. Lord, you're telling me to go over here in this area, and I know that I've never caught a fish over there. You're going to the deepest spot, and I know where I can, my nets will fit. I know where to go, and you're telling me to go over here. Lord, do you know what you're telling me to do? Doesn't make sense. Have you ever had God tell you to do something, and in your mind it didn't even make sense? Oh, we're, we're, we're called to, uh, we're already tired and overwhelmed and we're being called to move deeper and closer to God and it's costing me more time. Lord, that don't make sense. But it does. So we need to learn to, do we trust Him? Do we truly trust Him? See, Peter had seen that what the Lord could do for others, he'd watched Him heal people. Well, Lord... I can believe you to take care of their life. Wow, you're powerful. The Lord's a healer. He'd even seen what he could do for his own family. If you read a few verses before our text, you will see that after he came out of the synagogue, he walks into Peter. I think they asked him to come, but it says he walked into Peter's house. And then it says they bade him to pray for his mother-in-law because she had a very high fever. She was sick. She was very sick. And the Lord says, it, the Scripture says that the Lord stood over her and rebuked that fever. And immediately she was healed. Immediate, it wasn't, well, I think I feel a little bit better. No, she was back to life just like that. I mean, complete 100%. When God does it, it's perfect. Amen. In fact, she felt so good, she jumped up. And she said, everybody sit down, let me fix you something to eat. Uh, let, me, let me wait on you because what God's done for me, it's going to change somebody. And when the Lord does what He wants to do in your life, it's going to change you. It's going to change you. It's going to stir you. And so we see that He's seen that He could trust her, Him for His own family. But now He's being asked, do you trust me in your own life? Now it comes down to you. It's easy to trust for somebody else. you got no skin in the game. But do you trust me? When I'm calling you into the deep, do you trust me that I have more wisdom than you have? Oh, you've got to trust that he has you in his hands and everything he asks you to do. You've got to trust him. I, I, I've told you this before, but it's kind of like that story of the, man, the, the little boy trapped in a house fire. He's on the second floor, and it's dark at night, and the house is engulfed. In fact... They can't get to the little boy. They can't get the ladder up fast enough. The, the flames is enclosing around him. And he's standing there and his father's outside, tears in his face. And he sees his little boy crying for his dad in the top window. And so the firemen are trying to get to him, but they can tell there ain't time. And what is he, so he, the father's standing there and the little boy's calling out and he hears his dad's voice in the darkness. 
Son, I'm here. Dad, I'm scared. I know you're scared, son. I know you're scared. I'm here. Daddy's here. Daddy, what am I going to do? Son, just jump. But daddy, I'm scared. Son, I know you're scared. But listen to me. You've got to trust me. You've got to jump. The little boy says, but daddy, I can't see you. The dad says, that's okay, son. I can see you. Just jump. And what he did, he had to leap in faith until he landed in his father's arms. He was sitting there waiting the whole time. We got to trust that God, when he, let me tell you something. When God asks you to step out, when God draws you, when God's pulling on you, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's already there with the answer. He's got a plan. He's going to do something. He doesn't call you out to let you down. He calls you out. He calls you to go deeper because he wants to bless your life, because he wants to do something you just even, didn't even dream you could even experience. He wants to do something, but he says, you've got to trust me. You've got to obey me. Is the third thing is we we're going to look at in a second. But you know what? Going requirements of going deeper is we've got getting deeper requires surrender. You got to let go. Amen. That little boy he couldn't jump and hang on at the same time. There has to be a total surrender. You've got to surrender control. You will never learn to trust God to go into the deep when you won't let go of what's in your life right now. You can't do it. You can't say, God, I want to keep, I want to, and that's what most of the world wants to do. God, let me hang on to everything I've got. Lord, let me keep my life just the way it is. And let me have a little bit of you. Then God says, no, you can't have all of me. You can't have what I've got for you until you let go of everything. You've got to trust me. You're never going to let go of anything that I'm not going to bless you a hundred million times over. I know what you've got. I know what's important. I know what tomorrow holds. You've got to let go. There's things that we carry around. The Lord says, if you let go of that, if you trust me and let go of that and press into me a little bit further, I've got the answer you're looking for. And the only reason you're not seeing it, you're still hanging on with both hands. I can't work because you're holding on to something. And if you'll let it go, I can move. I can work. I can deliver. So God wants us to trust Him by giving complete surrender. I remember teaching our kids to swim, and I've taught some other kids to swim. And if you've ever done this, maybe you are this way. So afraid of water. You try to teach your kids to swim, and, and they get comfortable sitting on the steps, and then they put their feet down a little deeper, and as long as you can hold on to the side, they feel pretty safe. But the only way they're going to learn to swim is they've got to let go of the side. And sometimes you have a hold of them and you'll say, you got to let go. But I can't, Dad, I don't know how to swim. But I've got you. But Dad, I'm scared. i got you. You can't learn until you let go. Then I can help you. I can develop you. I can teach you. But you've got to learn to let go. That's the hard part. Surrender. God, give me everything. Then I'll surrender. No. The Lord says, you've got to trust me. Then I'll deliver you. I'll give you the help that you're looking for. But you've got to surrender your control. You've got to surrender your plans. My plans are better than you. There ain't a person in here that your 401k and your retirement plan and your everything plan is near as good as what God's got for you. If we totally surrender, there's people that hangs on for little things. And God says, if you only knew what you walked past, would you, if you only knew what you hang on to is nothing compared to what I want to give you. 
You know what? Going deeper requires also obedience. Obedience. He says, you've got to do what I tell you. But Lord, I don't know how that turns out. But you've got to obey me. See, he told Peter in this verse. He tells him uh, in verse 4. Let me get back here. Launch out into the deep. And he even tells him, if you'll do that, let down your nets for a drought, for a catch. But he's got to trust him because in his mind, he thinks that's absolutely impossible. But he had to learn to trust him. We see that he gave, we, he gave even the Lord an excuse. He's telling him, that he's, he's thinking out loud. You ever do that? What you're asking me is crazy, Lord. But it's, it says, verse 5, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, I can hear him whine as he does this. If your kids sometimes have done this to you. But mom, <laughs> it says, Master, we have told all the night. We have taken nothing. I'm exhausted, Lord. That's because you're doing it yourself. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Why did he say that? He'd seen what God can do. He'd seen the Lord do the miraculous. And so somehow there was this little seed of faith that said, okay, God, I know this don't make sense to me, and Lord, but there's been a whole lot of things you've done that didn't make sense to me. I'm going to trust you. And he says, you can trust me. You can put your confidence in me. If we can put that title slide back up. Uh, we can trust him to go, to go deeper. We see that um, it requires us to obey. If he had never obeyed. He could, you, let me tell you something. You can know something. Knowing something is not the same thing as having something. You can know to do right and not do it. You can be trained to never lie, but that doesn't mean you won't do it. You can know what the, the Word of God tells us to do, but when you hit that temptation, the question is, is it something you possess that you are willing to do, or is it just something you knew? Because knowing, many in the world today think that they know who God is. They think they know what the Word of God. They've been in Sunday school. They know what the truth of the Word of God is. But when it comes time for the test, they fail every time. Why? They never put it in practice in their life. They don't have that practice. And so the Lord told him, here's what I want you to do. And it's going to cost you something. And he said, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, you tell me the word and I'll drop the nets. I'm going to trust you. And he did. What we see the answer, there is the rewards of going deeper. Number one, the reward of going deeper is seeing God do the miraculous in your life. L let me say that one more time. When you learn to obey what God says for you to do, it's a test to see if He can do something great in your life. You will see the miraculous from God in your life. Your life. But it requires obedience. In verse 6, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. It didn't say while he was thinking about it. It didn't say as Jesus asked him to do it. It says when they had this complete done, they dropped the net. And the moment that net sunk down and obedience was offered, 
All of a sudden, the glory of God showed who was in charge of every situation in our lives. And we see that there was such in the worst time of day, in the worst place they could possibly be. Peter's out there and all of a sudden he, he realizes he can't, what, he's hung a whale. What no, he's bound to caught a rock or something. What in the world is in this net? And then all of a sudden as the top of that net starts breaking the top of the water, he realizes there is fish that he has never dreamed. He thought the entire lake couldn't have this many fish in a net. And he starts trying to pull it in and he's, his faith, every second he's looking at this. And this is a visual picture of, oh my God, look who, look who he is. Look at it. He can command not only sickness. He, his words are not only giving life, but he even commands that even sea obeys him. Even these fish obey his command. Amen. And he's called me to a call in my life and I've not been surrendered. And listen, this is something that's not in my points, but let me tell you something. When he sees what God's doing as he's pulling these fish in, and then he sees quickly that he can't even contain it in his boat. All of a sudden, his boat starts to sink. And he calls for his friends who is still back on the shore. And they're trying to see what all the commotion is. And he's whistling, you know, hollering, come help, come and help. And so they come out there with their boat and they're filling it up. And then he realizes there's not even enough boat. Both of those 30-foot boats are full and now sinking to where they're barely hanging above water. And he realizes they can't even contain everything that's in those nets. Instead of him saying, cha-ching, Lord, you knew exactly what I've been looking for. This is the payday I've been, you know, up till this point. This is what he used to dream of. This is the moment he had been dreaming of. Oh, when my boat is full of fish, I won't have to work again. And he's excited, you know, he's no doubt excited, but it doesn't have the effect he thought it was going to have. All of a sudden, he's looking at what he used to think was the greatest event in his life. And then he looks at the master and he realizes, you, there's nothing here that compares with you. There's nothing compares with me seeing what you're doing for me to see your glory. I've been seeing it and I've been debating it. But Lord, you've answered my question. This isn't nothing to me anymore. He showed him that in his life, the thing that he felt, the Lord has control of every detail of your life. And we'll find out all of a sudden, what's this response? It says that he's seen the glory of God and he fell. His humility. All of a sudden when he sees who Jesus truly is, it says he fell at his knees. He fell before him and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I I'm unholy. Just as Isaiah said, I'm undone. When you get in the glory and the presence of God, all of a sudden you see who He is and it makes you see who you are and you realize that you need Him more than ever before. Your priorities all of a sudden change because you see, that's what I need. That's what I need. And He's telling the Lord, please, I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. I'm an unholy man. And what the Lord in essence says to him that's exactly the way I want you right there. That's the person I can use. You say, but Peter had a temper. Uh, you, Peter is impetuous. He just does what he thinks. Uh, he, he just shoots off the mouth. Uh, he's bold to have pride to think he can do it all. But whenever he hits the wall, whenever he sees the glory of the Lord, he humbles himself every time. He turned his back on the Lord. He wept bitterly. 
Here he is bold and he is indifferent and he's convicted because he didn't trust God. And now he sees that this is the very thing that God can do anything. And all of a sudden he's humbled before God. When you get in the presence of God, you go deeper. It's going to let you see yourself different than you've ever seen yourself before. And you will see your need for God even more. The Lord takes us deeper so that we can have a deeper relationship. Listen, He's the one that went out. He's the one that got to go out and experience it. And so He's seen something that no one else got to do. And it wasn't until He truly obeyed that they actually got to see the miraculous done. So we get with the reward of seeing God do the miraculous. There's a reward of faith for the Future. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Peter later, as you'll know, we talked about recently, he's on this same lake again. We talked about Peter walking on the water. What's he walking on? The Sea of Galilee, another name for the Lake of Gennesaret. He's on this same body of water later. Remember, Jesus is praying. He sees a storm come in in perfect timing, as always he has. He walks on the water and he gets there and the rest of them sees this commotion and there's a storm and winds blowing and the waves are up and down and they see a figure. I mean, they probably rub their eyes. We can't be, we're hallucinating. It looks like there's somebody walking on the water and they realize it is somebody walking on the water and they're freaking out. These big strong men, they're probably screaming and shrieking, you know, uh, you know, hiding under something, pulling a tarp over their head. What is that? It's a ghost. Something's going on. And then Peter realizes that's got to be the Lord. And the Lord speaks. He recognizes His voice. And immediately you wonder. Sometimes you wonder, why, well, how in the world, why did Peter have this faith? Why was it Peter who had the faith to say this next sentence? Lord, if that's you, I can't even see you completely. I think it's you. That sounds like your voice. If that's you, all you got to do is tell me to come out there. And if you tell me to come, I can walk on the water. Now, where did that come from? Where did that come? Why did he even think of that? I believe he looked back right here. He, I, remember, I remember another time we was on this same lake, Lord. And I remember it was just me and you. You see, he was the only one that got to go out and have this experience with the Lord. He got to go out and see God do the miraculous in his life because he surrendered to him what he wanted to do. He obeyed him what he asked him to do. And he got to see the miraculous. He got to see God do something that was totally impossible for the human mind to conceive. And so when he come against it the next time on the same lake, his mind rewinds to what God had done before. And he says, Lord, if you just say to walk, I've already seen what you can do. You control these waters. You can do it, Lord. You tell them what to do and they do it. You tell them and it'll be like glass. And I'll stand on it. Lord, if you tell, come on. And we see he was able to walk. Why? He had faith because of what God had done for him in that boat. He was able to see the mighty hand and power of God. Let me tell you something. You let God take you deeper. It will give you faith for future trials, future situations that you face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see that not only that, you'll have faith that God will be able to provide you for you with your every need. He was sitting here at the beginning of the story. There's a battle going on. See, Peter had a wife. Peter had a mother-in-law. Peter doesn't tell. He probably had children. But whatever, Peter had needs to meet. You know, we, as fathers, I, I know what it's like as a husband and a father. Let me tell you something. There was a, I had a job for eight and a half years. I hated, <laughs> hated, but I wouldn't quit. Why? I need to take care of my family. I knew I had good insurance. I knew it paid the bills. And until the Lord opened the door, and He opened the door, 
Until God opened the door and gave me peace that that was what he wanted me to do. I was like, God, I'll hang in there. I'll just keep doing it. Why? Because I felt that burden. I had to take care of my family. Peter was going through the same thing. Sometimes you may say, oh, and I need to get a job on Sundays. I need to get a job doing these other things. There's things that I need to do. I ain't got time for the things of God. And the Lord says you can trust in yourself. You can trust in me. Because there ain't a thing you're going to need that I won't provide for those who puts me number one in their life. I remember growing up, the, one of the things mom and dad always taught me, and, I, and I'm not trying to kick anybody, okay? I mean, everybody's got, you've got, sometimes you have to do, you've got to do. But I remember it was a big thing when I was a teenager. Mom and dad would say, now, get a job. Now, you need to try to tell them you need to be in church Sunday. You need to be, try to be here on Wednesday night. And I remember, there's times, even my kids would get mad at me because they would do it. I remember the jobs that they would apply for, and they would say to them, well, you said you couldn't work on Sunday, so you ain't getting it. Dad, it cost me a job. Well, that ain't the job the Lord's got for you. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, I, listen, I, I, some of you have to work on something. I'm not condemning that. I'm just saying, there's things in your life that in the human mind you're going to face and you're going to say, wisdom tells me that I need to give up a few things in the spiritual realm so that I can have the things I need in the physical realm. And the Lord says, ye of little faith, you, you don't see who I am. Do you know who I am? Let me take you out in a boat. <laughs> Let me take you into the deep. And you'll look at me with different eyes. Different eyes. We need to be able to trust him that he'll meet our every need. He showed him in that boat. Peter, you can't even cash it so much. Peter, this is the greatest catch of all. This is one people's going to talk about for a long time. In fact, let your servants take it on back to the house. You ain't going to have to worry about it for a while. Peter, I got it under control. Peter, I'm above it all. Can you trust him to supply your every need? Also, there's a reward of God using your weakness for his glory. Peter fell at his knees and he felt, Lord, how can you use me? Lord, I'm a weak. Lord, I, I'm a wicked man. I'm undone. Just, Lord, I know you're calling me, but you don't know who I am. Just please, I know I can't be in your presence because I'm a wicked man. And the Lord says, what you're doing right now is the reason I'm calling you. Just like David, who had different periods where he was, did some big mistakes. But inside, he had a heart that was humble before God. He knew he needed God. And God says, that's what I can use. You have a heart that's tender toward the things of God. God will use your life to influence others to go into the deep. People's watching you. People knows what you're doing. God, people knows. Your neighbors knows when you're faithful to God and when you're hungry for the thing. They know. They're watching. Are they, are there, is there a car in the driveway on Sunday morning or Wednesday night? Or why are they going early? What in the world are they going early? Why are they going to church early for? I say they normally leave at 1045 and they're now gone at 1025. What are they doing? What's going on? People know. People know what you're, what's important to you. Verse 7 says, and see, he got it. He, Peter's the one that got this experience, but it, not, it impacted not just him. It impacted his business partners too, his friends. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how it impacted. If you look at the end of this story, when this is over with, the Lord's given the lesson to Peter, but the end result is they everyone say, Lord, they walk away from it all. And they follow him to never look back. 
This event impacts not only Peter. He had to be the one to obey. But when he obeyed, it impacted the life of other people, his friends. Other people's lives were changed because of what he did. God will use your life to make you a fishers of men. You say, but listen, I, I'm glad and I want God to use me, but I could never do what that person does. I could never uh, talk to people about the things of God. I could never be that person who tries to influence others' souls. I just can't do it. I know what you're going through. <laughs> people see me and say, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. I remember times when I was so scared. When I was 12... At First Pentecostal Church on a Sunday night, hundreds of people, hundreds, three, four hundred people on Sunday night, places packed out. And Sunday morning was even busier. Six Sunday nights in a row, I don't know what possessed him to do this. I'd never sang in my life. I don't even know how he knew I could sing at all. So I went to Youth Haven Bible Camp. And I guess Beattyville, is that where it was? How many went to Youth Haven? Man, I loved it. They come to the school, and they had these. I love contests. I love winning. I'm a very. I love competing, and uh, they would have these like, like these little deals. If you memorize and fill out these little packets and stuff, and turn them back in once a week, they come back. And and, and uh, what was the guy's name? He had Homer and whatever. He had the. There you go. And I can't remember his name, but he came to the school. And he did his puppet shows and or the what is it? Yeah, Preacher Bill. There you go. Preacher Bill. I think I even heard Dad in the back room holler. So uh, Preacher Bill would come. Boy, I liked that. I really enjoyed that when they would come. He was so good at that. And, and then he would stay after. And, then if, and they would make an announcement. If you did, you know, if you're here and you're going to, you know, part of this group, you can come. And I'd bring my work I'd done. And because they would give you something. They'd give you a, a, a puzzle. And then the next week they'd give you a, maybe a Bible. And the next week they'd give you a, a pen that had special lights on it or crazy stuff. And you keep getting stuff the more you did. And then if you did it all, you got to go to the camp. Well, I, well, I was in. I was in like Flynn, buddy. I was right there. And uh, I remember, um, and I'm trying to think now. My mind just, I got too focused on that. I'm trying to remember where I was heading with this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Lord, help me. I don't know where I was even heading with that. But it was, uh, yeah, the Lord knows. Goodness. What? Yeah, I'm sure it's, a, well, maybe that was, I don't think that was it, but it was a reward. I like rewards, okay? I like rewards, but I've worked hard to get that. That's not what I was going to say, Lord, help me. So, I, whatever. But he will make you uh, a fisher of men, and he'll do some. oh, I was telling you how fearful I was. So, I came back from that camp, thank you, Lord. I came back from that camp, we learned a new song, and it was called, Who is on the Lord's Side? Okay? So I'd learn that song, and I don't know, mom and dad, somebody let it out of the bag. I'd learn a new chorus. Maybe I'd sung it on the bus format, and he, we'd tried it that Sunday on the bus. Brother Huff found out about that night, and that Sunday night, no notice, he says, James, come up here a minute. So I was scared. I'd never even been in front of a people before. And I'm standing there, and he says, come up here and sing that new song you learned. Well, I was sitting there, and I'm telling you, my knees were like, blah, 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 blah. I was scared out of my mind. He did that to me six Sunday nights in a row. And I'm thinking, I was hiding under the sea. Whatever, God, please don't let him do it to me again. I'm scared to death. I was a little kid singing a song. 
But the Lord knew what He was doing. I remember later, God started asking me, I had the, uh, the, another pastor ask me, said, you, can you start leading singing on Sunday night? I remember when I agreed to do that, I would go in the cloak room, a side room before church, and I was sitting there saying, God, you got to help my stomach. I think I'm going to throw up. I'm so nervous. I don't know what I'm going to do. God, what am I going to do? And then when God called me to preach, it's like, no way. So I know what it's like to be fearful. And you say, God, there's no way you could ever use me to do this. Let me tell you something. You, you, let me tell you what you'll find. You, yes, in yourself, you have no capability of doing anything for God. You can't. In fact, you don't want to do that. But there will be some time that God will call you to do something, and all of a sudden, when the opportunity arises, you'll feel a boldness, even an excitement, to be able to do what God's called you to do. You'll figure out all of a sudden, man, that... I want to do this. And it's like someone's asking you. It's like somebody's pulling it out of you. Oh, oh, let me tell you what happened. Let me, oh, you got this problem. Let me tell you what I heard the other night at church. Let me tell you. And all of a sudden, you'll see the impact of what God's doing. And you're, all of a sudden, excitement builds up in you because you're like, God's using me. I didn't know He could do anything in me. And God's using me. And all of a sudden, you see tears in people's eyes and your eyes will be filled with tears. And when the result's over with, they walk away helped and you walk away encouraged. You're saying, God, you use me. I didn't think it was possible. God will do that every time. God doesn't call you for anything that He doesn't prepare you for. And He will always come exactly when you need it and give you the strength. But you've got to be willing to do it. Don't make an obstacle out of it. But He wants to use you to be a fisher of men. It says in verse 10, and it says the end of that verse, Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth, from this day forward, you won't be doing this anymore. You're going to catch men. You're going to catch, and it won't be the end result will not be so that they can be killed and sold in the market. No, what you're going to do is going to give you more joy because what you're going to do is there is going to be just as this abundance. See the abundance of fish that's here? Let me tell you something. There is the souls are just like that out there. And today you know it's true. The souls that should be into the net is un incredible. There's no way that we can even count it. And the Lord says, if you'll let me, I will let you be have a part in my kingdom so that you can help bring in this massive catch of souls not to death but to life to life forevermore he wants to do that in your life and my life and then finally the reward that God wants to use you for he wants to change your life forever never to go back to never to desire let me tell you something. I can think about my life the way it was just a few years ago. And, and, and we, can, we, can, we can still be faithful to God. We still can move toward the things of God. We could still be amen and put our ties in. And we could still uh, be hungry for the things of God. But there is places we get. And the closer we get to God. And the more God takes us out deeper. And those experiences that we have in the deep, you'll never get anywhere else. There's truths and, 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 and victories you receive out in that deep. Because you've got to let go. And you've got to trust God. And you've got to obey God. And God will bless your life in the deep deep to places to where all of a sudden you say, Lord, never let me go back to where I'm hanging on to the side anymore because of what you've shown me you can do in my life. Amen. Because in verse 11 it says, and when they, this whole group, when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all. Amen. They said, it don't matter anymore. We know who we could trust. And followed him. Their lives were never the same. 
That's why whenever the later on, when the Lord leaves them and He has called them and He's prepared them and all of a sudden He's filled them with the Holy Spirit, that's so important in the process. To be filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden He goes and He says, now, I'm leaving you in charge. I've now trained you and now I'm going to leave my Spirit with you and now you're going to do what you've seen me do. And we see that when the test comes, even when it comes to the point of death, we see Peter sleeping. <laughs> we see him sleeping when it's the night before he's supposed to be killed. We see these disciples that, you know, one of the things, I'm going to end with this, one of the things that some of the greatest atheists, if you watched anything about, and I've told you about Lee Strobel, this, this man who was a great atheist, uh, worked for the Chicago Tribune or the paper there, and he was trying his best using his legal mind to prove there was no God. One of the things that just troubled him, he went to uh, the professionals in every one of these areas, and he was trying to find somebody to give him a little bit of something that he could hang on to to prove to his wife, once and for all, there is nothing to this God. There's nothing to Jesus Christ. One of the things that caught his attention and he couldn't let go of is this. When you look back through the history of these fishermen and you look at this tax collector and you look at these disciples who were just common men, he's seen something that even these religious leaders when they were trying them found out that something's remarkable that these men have been in the presence of Jesus because something's different about them. It says you, he could tell they believed he was trying to prove he never raised from the dead. He said, you know they believed that he raised from the dead because they went to their deaths because of what they believed. If you were going to your death over a lie, you would let it go. You would never do it. But every single one of these went to their last breath saying, I believe it so much that it changed my whole life. And I'll take my last breath standing on the truth that I've been preaching. He reigns. And He died and He rose again. He's on the throne. He's saving souls today. And I'm going to stand in His presence. It changed them forever. And that's what He wants to do in our lives. When He lets us take, him, take us out into the deep. He's calling us. But what will we do? What will he, we do? This morning, we're, we're gonna, we will end our service as we would start it. We'll take our offering. We'll, we'll do whatever. But this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if Priscilla would come, I, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning to ask you this question. Will you let Him take you deeper? The first the way that happens is we have to let Him give us a hunger for more. We have to get to that place where He says, I don't want to, we don't want to be satisfied here anymore. I don't want to go through this the way I've done it. But I don't want to be satisfied with the experience I had yesterday. I don't want to be satisfied with what I had earlier today. I want more tomorrow. And I think that He offers that. But He's looking for those who says, Lord, I want to go deeper with You. I want to surrender all to You. And Lord, whatever it takes, help me to trust You and to surrender to You you could stand this morning and bow your heads <clears throat> let us pray heavenly father i i come before you lord i know this is different god i know you're moving and stirring differently this morning but god it's a good thing lord i want you to have your way lord i i need you 
to do something fresh. I need you, God, to take us deeper. God, I want us to trust you, Lord. I want us to, God, to get to that place where we know that only you can do it, Lord. Only you can do it. We trust you because, Lord, we don't have the answers. And God, for the day that we're living in, we don't have the answers. God, we, can't, we don't even have the answers for our own family. We don't have the answers for what's going to happen tomorrow. But God, you do. And God, you're looking for people who will say, Lord, don't let me stay where I am today. God, don't let me live on an experience from yesterday. Don't let me live on what mom and dad did. Don't let me live on what I got 10 years ago when I got saved. But God, give me something fresh and deeper today. God, stir up my heart, stir up me up, oh God, that there be a hunger to step out even deeper, that Lord, I trust you. And Lord, every time you stir us, if we'll take those steps and we'll trust you, Lord, God, you're there to reward the life of the person that trusts you. God, you're there to, first off, you want to fill them full. God, you want to stir them. God, you want to give them, the Lord, the blessings that you've been wanting to pour, pour upon them. But God, so many times we hang on to what we know. And God, you say, let go so I can bless. God, you know what you want to do. I know you're stirring, God. Now do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Let there be a surrender today. Let there be a hunger today. Let there be strongholds broken today. God, let there be things in our minds that's holding us back. Let them be broken down, God. Let there be a hunger for the things of God. Lord, that our hearts would break before you, God. God, get us to that place, Lord, as you did, Peter, that, God, when we see what you're trying to do, that, God, we do nothing but humble ourselves before you because we realize what we've been looking for our whole life is not the things that we thought it was. It's you, Lord. It's you. It's you. This nation's looking for you. This church is looking for you. Every one of us is looking for you. Lord, you're the only thing that can ever satisfy you're the only thing that can feel the longing in our heart. You're the only thing that can give us true joy. You're the only thing that can prepare us for tomorrow. And God, I pray that you would have your way, Lord. Don't let us keep going. Lord, the way we're going, but take us into the deep. Take us into a deeper walk and trust with you. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. If you just keep your heads bowed this morning, just for a second. This morning, I want to ask you this morning. If you're saying this morning, this morning, no one's looking but me. If, if the Lord's stirring your heart and you feel Him pulling on you and you will just be honest and I want you to be bold. I want to know if you're, the Lord is saying to you, I'm calling you deeper. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's what I want and He's calling me to go deeper into the things I'm calling you to deeper. I'm calling you into things that you may not understand, but I'm calling you for a deeper walk with me. Is there anyone this morning that's willing to say, that's me? That's me. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, you've got to start right there, Lord. You've got to start right there, God. There's got to be a hunger. God, there's got to be a hunger, Lord. And you've got to do it, Lord. You're stirring for a purpose, God. And we've got to have you, Lord. We can't live in this way anymore, God. We've got to have more of you. And God, I'm not satisfied. The preacher's not satisfied. Lord, I want more of you. Amen. And Almighty God, you want more of us. Yes. You want more of us, God. And Lord, we've got to be willing to yield it and lay it out there before you. God, there's got to be a hunger. Lord, it's got to start there. There's got to be a hunger. Almighty God, do it. God, don't let us go. Lord, let us not be satisfied. Lord, you're never satisfied with that. 
God, you want more. You want more. God, you want to pour out your blessing. God, you have blessings. You have, Lord, victories. Lord, you have all the things that you have, Lord, ready to respond. God, it starts, Lord, with an honest heart. It's Peter who got before you and fell on his knees and wasn't bored, was bold, even in front of everyone else to say, God, I need you. If even my friends are watching, no matter what, I need you. I've got, Lord, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Lord, I see my need for you. Almighty God, do a work. Do a work today. Do 